enemy number one. And it's not Satan. Satan is number three down the list. The church's greatest enemy is not Satan. Because we can cast him out. We can blood him out. But public enemy number one. You don't know what it is? I'm going to tell you tonight. Chapter 11, chapter 11 and verse 23 and 24 of the book of Mark. The book of Mark. For very I sent to you that, now your church, your church now, this caveat right here, whosoever, put your name right there, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, or her heart, but shall believe that those things which he or she saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, the boss, the master, the king, Jesus Christ, the all-incomparable God, therefore he said unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. I, I, I showed my wife something today, and, uh, and just in casual, and she, obviously, she, she's learning my, from her preaching. She said, now, you're speaking self-fulfilling prophecy. I said, no, I just say it because I feel like saying it. But she was 100% right. I'm glad my wife has passed the test. And now she's going to have a PRSD. Amen. Her doctorate. Lord bless tonight. I'm excited. I am excited. This is the place to be. In the city of Fort McMurray. It's for you and me. Let's have church tonight, Jesus. God bless you immensely. You may be seated. Amen. Jesus said, Anything that you confess, he shall possess. No, tell the person beside you, please smile. I want to see you smiling. Come on. Say, please smile. I'm glad to have you tonight. Say, please smile. You're wonderful. Great. Amen, amen, amen. You're smiling. All right? Now, the Lord says, whatever you confess, you can, what? Possess. You can possess it. Amen. But what is our enemy, number one? The enemy, number one, is a scourge of the church. It's a scoundrel. It's a rascal. Satan is not our greatest enemy. 
The greatest enemy I want to talk to you about tonight, most folks don't even know that it's the greatest enemy in their life. But it, as a way of eating up our blessings like cancer, that enemy have a way of spreading like a plague throughout the church, even in families' life. It overthrew the faith of the weary. Amen. It kept Israel out of the promised land. It cost Saul the crown because he got caught and was bitten by that scourge. It made Judas sold Jesus Christ, his master. It caused kings their kingdom. And it caused the man that sat at the gate and heard the words of Elisha. He said, if God would. And the next day he was trampled underfoot by opportunists who saw an opportunity and grasped it and took it by force. While he died a terrible, amen, unheroic death. It stopped miracles. At Capernaum, Jesus could not even work supernatural miracles. As powerful as Jesus was, he could not officiate. It stand between you and promises. Amen. It caused some to be double-minded. It caused some to be unstable in all their ways. It's the cause of many rebellion and disobedience. I'm talking about public enemy number one. Can anybody tell me what it is? That's not even it. It's just the outcome of it. I go on to you figure out the quiz. Maybe you can figure out the plot and figure out what it is. It hardens the heart of many. That's what it does. It disregards the word of God. It is destructive and manipulative. It is subtle. It comes and undermines and erode and destroys faith. Amen. It questions the authority and the ability and the mobility of God to operate. It caused Abraham to stagger. It makes Sarah laugh. Amen. It robs so many of blessings. It makes Abraham, I mean Moses, question if God could deliver it mathematically what God said would be for Israel nonstop. It calls, amen, people not to profit, amen, from what was preached. It is famous in our church. It's enemy number one. The person sitting beside you ought to be on a higher level than they are right now, but that scourge is on their shoulder. It quits, amen, enthusiasm. It keeps talented people, amen, from performing. God have never heard testimony from the lips of people that he's been kind to because of it. It destroys the desires of king, amen. It weakens Israel. And tonight I'm trying to tell you, it's even in this church. You have an adversary. Let's worship God. Amen. That adversary is the messenger of Satan. 
that call doubt. Public church enemy number one, doubt. Every rebellion, every backsliding, every atheist, every agnostics, every wannabe and could have been, should have been, that have never become reality is because of doubt. A lot of preachers suffer from it, an anemic infestation of their ministry. A lot of potential people that could become tools in the hand of God could not operate. God cannot, will not function when that little thing is in existence. God can handle sin. He can handle Satan. You can cast Satan out. But how do you cast out doubt out of a man and a woman? It just don't happen. And Jesus said, the only reason why you can't talk to that mountain, because number one, you feel stupid doing it. Number two, you doubt you can ever accomplish it. And number three, you doubt it will ever obey you. And number four, you think Jesus Christ lost his mind to tell you to do it. And you're not going to do it. You're just going to, well, yes, yes. Peter almost lost a great catch of fish because of his infestation in him. Amen. But the Bible asked the question, what if some did not believe. What if some did not believe that they can say to the mountain, move? Do you make that immovable? No, you're wrong. God says God's word shall not be ineffective. To you, it will be ineffective, but down the road, somebody else is achieving what you fail to receive. Hello? What if some did not believe? Shall it make God's Promises of none effect because where doubts is, promises never become possessions and properties. Where doubt is, it never happens. You see, you got to realize that people, amen, are intoxicated with doubt. God can deal with crack, cocaine, alcoholism, and even homosexuality, lesbianism, but he cannot deal with doubt. Doubt. Amen. Satan's greatest messenger is the messenger of doubt. It damages people's ability to testify. Amen. It's a lying spirit that tries to tell you, I can't do it. I can't go. It won't happen. Anybody but me. I don't think you mean it so. And I want to tell you, my friend, it has subdued kingdoms. Doubt has. Quest the fiery darts. Amen. Doubt has. Doubts have shut the mouth. Amen. Of spiritual believers. Many of you sit on the pew. You can't worship God because Satan put a padlock on your mouth and doubt you and say, well, you're going to look stupid. And you can't witness for God because you feel inferior. You can't accomplish anything for God because you feel insufficient. It's all the messenger of Satan that was sent to you 
and you ought to have sent to him wrong address. Return to sender. Address unknown. But that's not what you do. You open the package and the bomb explodes and you're caught with the smell. And so you don't have belief anymore. You become shipwrecked because of your doubt. You fail because of lack of faith. You give up because amen dark bring denial of the possibilities and the supernatural availability of God in your midst. Oh, it turns some people aside. Amen. It caused men and women to err and they overthrow themselves because of doubt. But oh God, somebody ought to say wrong address. Wrong address. You've got the wrong person. You can't make me doubt it. I know too much about him. And I can't live without him in my soul. You gotta tell the devil every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, and every line spirit return back to Sunday. Address unknown. You come too late to tell me I can't go through the gate. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's worship God. But then there are some people who said, Look, Satan, you don't talk to me. The reason why your tongue is not being used is because, not because God doesn't want it, you doubt it. Hello? Hello? Oh, thou mighty man of valor. Who? Me? Wrong person. Moses, go down and talk to Pharaoh. Who? Me? You got the wrong person. Hello? Hello, Peter? Cast it on the other side. Who? Me? I've done it before. When you doubt, you do without. Amen. And you lose your shout. But Joshua chapter 1. Oh, I love that chapter. You can't make me doubt it. And I can't live without it. I'm going to tell you tonight, my friend, the promises of God is yes and amen. It's not yes and maybe so. It could be so. It's already settled in heaven. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm trying to tell somebody, your problem is you've got a chronic case of doubt. You need a divine miracle. An operation. God cut that disease. That scores that you have. It's eating up your faith. Your talent. Your ability. And you can't flow. And you might even go shipwreck. Hallelujah. Chapter 1. Here's the man called Joshua. The man that God said. He's a survivalist. Every revivalist is a survivalist. They survive Satan lies. Paul said the messenger of Satan came. I want to tell you, friend, it was bringing doubt in the man's life. And God says, Satan needs to know that you understand that my grace is sufficient 
for thee. You're not inefficient. Hallelujah. Joshua, God said, Joshua, you want to promise you, Joshua, I'm going to show you in verse 3 to 4 a land of promise. You need to go there. Number two, I'm going to give you, Joshua, a word of promise. Number three, I'm going to give you a pledge of promise. Number four, I give you an oath of promise. Number five, I give you prosperity promised. Number six, I give you success promised. And number seven, I give you the joy of promise fulfilled. And number eight says, I've not command you with a promise. Mm. Hallelujah. That's the same God that talked to Sarah and she laughed. That's the same God that talked to Abraham and he staggered. But Joshua kicked off his shoes and said, Lord, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Let it be. Let it be. And the Bible said never one time has Joshua ever doubted God except for the sin of Achan. And he got down to pray a prayer of doubt. He said, God, I thought you promised me victory and survival and invincibility. God says, get up. This is not the time for prayer. You know, you can pray all you want to. And fast all you want to. But if all you get up with is still doubt, you're wasting your fasting. You're wasting your prayer. It's time to kick in. God say, get up and shut up and show up. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord. The battle is the Lord. Get things right and just go there. I promise you this. I promise you land. I promise you a word of promise. I gave you a pleasure promise and also promise. Don't let this little thing make you doubt me. Because you have a bad experience don't mean God has lost his nuts. Come on, honey. I want to tell you, my friend, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. The higher the wall, the more energy you get to go over the wall. Oh, hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. God said, Doubt, Jesus says, will stop me from moving that mountain. I was praying, and this came to my mind. Where is it, Jeff? I can find it here. I hope I have it here somewhere. I took a paper up, and I said, I'm going to do something with this paper. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to step on it. I'm going to walk all over this paper and worship God. It's called the promises of God. Let me see if I got it right here still. Here it is right here. Now, this is so foolish. But as I step on this, miracle is happening in heaven right now as I did this. It's called standing on the promise of God. When I step on this, every prophecy that was made on me from 1972 to the year 2013 has been fulfilled. I'm standing on the promises, waiting for promises to become possessor. Ah, oh, come on now. Every promise is mine. The Lord said, Who hath believed 
our report and to whom has the hand of the Lord being revealed. I'm telling you, honey, I'm standing on the promises. And day by day, little by little, it's coming, my friend. It may not seem much to you, but to me, my friend, it's a cloud of hope. It's a cloud of blessing. It may not look like much to you, but to me, little by little, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's coming to pass. And I'm going to say like Simeon, now mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. And you can't make me doubt it. Messiah is coming. He's here. Why does the message of Satan talk to you? Because I'm to come. That's why God says temptation is not sin. Because He allows it to happen. What God doesn't allow is sin to take place. We allow temptation to take place. Why does the message of Satan come and tell me I should doubt the prophetic word of men of God? Who spoke a raiment to me. God is testing my faith. It's not a fake, it's faith. It's not a test, it's a testimony in disguise. Is God challenging my confidence? Do I lose it or do I possess it? Amen. Is God Amen challenging? My obedience. He said, stand still and see the salvation of our God. You guys can't see what I'm seeing, but honey, I'm telling you, I'm reveling with revelation. It's coming in great abundance, my friend, because I serve a God that tells me I can do all things. Not something, all things. All things. Didn't tell me when, but I can do all things. I can do all things. I went to can-do reactionary church tonight. And God said, look, God allowed did the messenger to test my patience. God allowed them to test my testimony. I want to tell you, some people warn if Satan hear what they're testifying. I don't care what he hears. He don't bother me. Ah, oh, come on now. I want him to know that I've got to believe that he's not going to touch you're not going to deposit your letter at my telegram post. Wrong address. I've got a rhema from the Lord. It is titled this way. Thus saith the Lord. It shall not return void. I want to tell you. God didn't send me in the city. To be the tail. God didn't send me here to be an appendage to false religion. God didn't send me here to be a beggar. God didn't send me here to be a loser. Don't you judge me now, honey. Wait till at the finish line. Tell me when it's finishing time. Hallelujah. I, I'm like Apostle Paul. He said three things I have. He said, I have fought a 
good fight. I'm a good fighter. I'm going to fight for it. If it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. And the violent take it by force. Number two, he said, I have finished my course. I will finish strong. I'm prophesying to you now. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish blessed. I'm going to finish rich. I'm going to finish prosperous. I'm going to finish in the will of God. He said, I have finished my course. Hallelujah. And number three, he said, look, I have finished. But I've kept the faith. Those three things are antiseptics. There are inoculants to the devil. If Satan could get you in a position when it's all over, that you cannot make these three confession, then he got you whipped, honey. I have fought a good fight. That's what Jesus is saying in chapter 17 of the book of John. So Paul says, I have fought a good fight. God told Israel, that promised land is yours. But you got to fight for it. You don't sit here and get it. The leper said, we want something to happen to us. Get up. Get out. And show up. And let God do the work. Hallelujah. People are coming. People are going. But guess what? To angel are coming and angel are going. But the truth remains. Untouched. I have fought a good fight. It's about time you tell the devil, you can't make me doubt it. It's testimony time. I'm getting up. I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm going to testify. It's about time tomorrow you get up and confess what you hope for. Hello. Hello. It's about time you tell the devil that I believe the report and God promised I will help you in the time of need. That's why I don't have no problem. I got no problem because I got a helper. I got somebody who never leaves me. Never forsake me. One guy walking through the desert saying, I said, oh, I feel so weary, so tired. It looked like I'm carrying all the load. And then the Lord said, look, boy, those footprints are not yours, they're mine. Carrying you in my back. Hello, somebody. Tonight, God want to give you strength in time of weakness. I believe that. I believe God want to give us peace in the midst of trouble. I believe God wants to give us joy in the midst of sorrow. I believe God wants to give us power every hour. And you can't make me doubt it. Doubt is the problem. Well, I don't think I will do it. Well, if you don't think I will do it, why should I do it? Hello? James said the most unstable people in the church are you guys with the two, two, two minds. You know, two minds, can't imagine me with two heads? I'd be a freak. And all the freak Christians, there are people with two minds. 
They're schizophrenic. They have split personality. Hello? But I want to tell you, my friend, people who know their God are strong. They're strong. They do exploit. They do exploit. And God said, look, your enemy is doubt. But you can't say to that mountain in your life, move. Hello? Boy, I lost you now. I know I lose you a long time ago. Amen. Doubt is trying to give you a negative influence on your faith. Whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. Why did I go to church? I want to tell you, I'm better off in church today than I was in the world. But why? How so? Because I was determined not to doubt. Oh! He said, cast your net on the other side. That's what I did. Raise your rod. That's what I did. He said, shout. And the wall will come down. I don't ask him why to shout. Hello. God said, when I pray, I'll answer that. And said, now, after I say what you pray for, I can exceed what you ask for. It's another level. And I can do abundantly. It's another level. And I can go above. It's another level. And beyond. <laughs> oh, come on, church. Some of you haven't left the first level yet. Satan have been able to destroy your hope. Hello? Nobody just backslide without losing faith. Nobody backslide without losing confidence in God. Hello? Nobody, amen, gave up without hope disappearing from them. Amen. And worst of all, they limited God. Here's God in We should read the Bible. He did very Little mighty works at Capernaum. Hello? And everywhere else, the blind is seeing, the deaf is hearing. Hello? What is the difference? Praise God, Satan brought question mark of unbelief. Is not this the carpenter's? Isn't the sisters around here? You know, this is the danger of familiarity. You're too familiar to the preacher's voice. You're too familiar to preaching. You're too familiar to the promise of God. And after a while, it has no effect on you. It's like your seatbelt. You get so used to it, you can sit in the car and scream its head off, and you won't put it on until you have a crash. Then you're thrown out the car. Then you wish you had it on. Hello? God wants to give us foresight, not hindsight. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to tell somebody, because of doubt, people can't even stand behind the pulpit and say, I love Jesus. Because of doubt, people can't even go back here and play a song for Jesus, even though they can play in the bathroom. Amen, in the quiet room. But doubt makes us impotent. And we forget the potency of Mr. Onipotent, our God. Think about it. Here's Mary. How can this thing be? 
Isn't that typical of us? How is this going to be, Brother Chambers? Well, God didn't set you up to let you down. God put you in situation to give you a brand new revelation of what He can do. Miracles only happen when you are incapacitated to do anything about it. What you can do, God does not do for you. You pick up that stick, hello, and you stretch it, and I'll divide the water. You strike the ground, and I bring the, 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 the victories. You march around the wall, and I'll make it fall. You pray and look for it, and I'll make it happen. You get the vessel, and I will let the oil not run out. I'm trying to tell you, you start not you do without. You start confessing and you start possessing. I'm trying to tell somebody, my friend, there's a part amen, you can play, but God is not going to operate with a damaged testament. Come on. He said to Peter, you were doing pretty good. Walk him in water. Why did you doubt? The Lord here tonight. I think I'm to talk to us tonight. Why did you doubt? Why? Why? He didn't answer why. Hello? I tell you what, everybody's watching me. <laughs> I say, Watch out, Peter, there's a wave coming. And the Bible said he starts sinking when he took his eyes off Jesus. Tonight, I want to make eye contact with Jesus Christ. In this building tonight, I'm going to make eye contact with Jesus. I'm going to stand on these promises. Blessings. Prosperity. Success. Invincibility. Achievability. Notoriety. Open doors. Windows of heaven open to me. The devourer is gone. You can say what you want. That's your problem. I'm confessing I'm going to possess. Because all these days, my friend, the promise will come possessing. Hallelujah. You can sit here and die if you want to cry. But I'm going to worship. If you want water, worship. And dig and sing, spread out the well. Well, that's kind of silly. That's to you. It's silly, but to me, it's worship. Come on. Spread out a well. And water going to come forward. I do not believe it will ever happen. If the Lord coming outweighs me living, I'm going to promise you tonight, where are you coming to? I will not see that grave until every iota prophecy that God made on me is fulfilled. There's no devil, not even Michael, the angel, not even Gabriel can stop it. And by the way, even God himself who made the promise will not return void. He didn't go back in his promises. Does anybody feel that way tonight? Does anybody feel that way about their God? Do you think your God is that dependable? Your God is immutable? Your God is unchanging? Your God is all-powerful? Your God is all-capable? 
What kind of God you serve? I serve the mighty God. What kind of God you serve? It's a gracious God. What kind of God you serve? It's a merciful God. What kind of God you serve? It's an omnipotent God. He said, I'm the Almighty. Is there anything too hard? For no, God, no. Only one thing can overthrow me is doubt. Doubt. Let's worship God. Satan threw everything at Job, but could not put doubt in his walk with his God. The wife said, do you still hold your integrity? In other words, are you going to doubt God? He said, though he slay, yet will I praise him. Anybody can worship God like that right now? Hallelujah. Trying to influence your faith. In reverse. Trying to overthrow my confidence. Trying to destroy my hope. Trying to limit my program. It's about time somebody says, though the fig tree doesn't blossom, and there be no fruit that I want to see yet on the vine, but I'm going to stand on my post still right here and wait because I know it's going to blossom. And David put it this way, doubtless, shall return rejoicing. Is there anybody here tonight? I know God didn't send it to pews. He sent the people that you and me. God will fulfill promises. God will not disappoint confidences. God sent me to tell somebody, Hallelujah, He is not going to strip you of confidence. You need to get up and brag on your God. You might be going in the valley, but go like David and run toward the giant and brag on your God. I said, brag on your God. Come on, somebody. Get on your feet and begin to brag on your God. He said, why did you doubt? Mark 11, 23. He said, why did you doubt? Luke 24, 28. Romans 4, 23 says, your doubt condemn you. James says, it's not allowed. Don't get wavering. Chapter 1 and verse 6. Disbelief. Hello, let's stand. Let's stand. One thing I like about kids. Kids never lose confidence in parents until parents let them down. Not one prophet. In fact, Simeon taught well. And the parents of Zechariah said, not one of his promises ever fall to the ground. This, Sister Niels, stand on that. I don't care where the rest stand, but I'm standing with you, honey. We're standing on the... You're smart. We're standing on the... There's room for more. You can stand on the promises of God. You can step on that promise. (laughs) You, You can step on it. 
I said, you can step on the promises of God. Come on, Satan can't stop your miracles. He can't stop your prosperity. He can't stop your blessing. If you're standing on the promises of God, you're not a failure. Hey, but you got divine favor, and God will not let the giants eat up your blessing like a cancer. It's time you realize, cast the bondwoman out the door, which is called doubt and unbelief, and start lifting up Jesus. Woo! I want to be a favor now. I want to go to find somebody that said, what if you don't believe? I still believe. God promises are real to me. Come on. Come on. I don't care. Come on. Say the promises of God. Come on. Come on. To Satan, my trust is in the Lord. I am not hopeless. I am not without a promise. I'm telling God. Oh, church, I wish I could talk to you plain. I got some men that spoke to me in 1990, and that was 2013, and I'm seeing every word they spoke to me come to pass. I want you right now, go and start digging up those old promises that you have long since forgotten. I want you to get down in the attic and pull down all those testimony you used to have, and you lost it. Go find it. Come on, where it fell. I don't know where your accent fell, but go find it, honey, and start chopping that obstacle, and start claiming, and throw doubts out the door, and say, you can't make me doubt it. Hey, folks, before I close tonight, every so often I get on my computer, these lying, stealing, robbing devil, counterfeit, so your account will be closed because you are, you know what I do? Garbage. Well, they all come garbage. I said, friend, you don't have access to my blessing. I got a hidden treasure in that scene, honey. I said, hallelujah. Amen. You're the king of Sodom. Hey, I'm telling you church. The devil always brings a substitute, but it's no good. Tonight, I want you to do like Brother Abraham. You're the king of Sodom. He brought his old gifts to give to, 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 to Abraham. He said, you keep it to yourself. Give it to somebody else. I don't want your hand out. No word God saying, I don't want to find you a skid row on the soup line. I don't want to see your seed begging bread. Hello, somebody. You need to realize tonight, you have a prophecy. The Lord... Who's Lord? Jesus said, I shall not. I shall not what? Want. The 23rd chapter said that. Of Psalms. Well, who's the Lord? Jesus. You call me Lord and Master, and you say, Well, for so I am. Now, church, this is now the word want. And needs are two different things. God already told you, I will supply all your needs. You can never come and tell me your, your needs are supplied. I wouldn't believe you. When they when 
people who are Christian tell them that I said either you are lying or God is because I said I supply all your needs but God said I shall never want because God even put up with my extra vanity I said God put up with my vanity come on somebody and tonight church is a night of celebration step on doubt I want you to step on in. Hold it, hold. The Bible said, hold, 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 hold one second here. The prophet came. Said, tomorrow about this time, blessing going to come. This great blessing. And the doubter showed up. I got a feeling some of you right now, you're facing the doubter. There are many doubters in your life mocking you. It's the time you step on them. It's a time you have your feet shod with the gospel. And step on them. Now, now hold on, hold on, hold on. In the Bible, they think of iron shoes. Iron shoes is this. The enemy, what they used to do is, to stop you from claiming your promises, they'll put spikes like they have today on the ground mine. Sharp spikes. So the, the horses couldn't get in there to fight. They put spikes up. But God's people got smart. They build iron shoes. And they get off their horses. Huh? And they march right in. I want you to put on your boots right now and step on your hang up on your doubt. Come on. Come on, somebody. He can't tell Lord Jesus right now. We're going to claim the victory right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs>